How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Devin the Bear. Thank you for joining us again. And this past weekend, there was a lot to talk about, great things that happened in MMA, some not-so-great things, and there is something that is uh, non-MMA related that we do want to discuss. So let's go ahead and get right into it. This past Thursday, we had the PFL card, and there's some great fights, some guys who definitely showed out, some upsets, and some controversial things that happened, um, mainly with the Hinan Ferreira uh, knockout win against uh, Fabricio Verdum. A lot kind of happened there. Uh, it was a really exciting start for these big guys. You know, they as soon as he saw they saw each other, they ran out, and kicked each other, and it was like it's you know classic Verdum. He doesn't really care, yeah. just likes to do that. But then he took Hinnan down immediately after that, which is kind of what we expected. And uh, so they scrambled a little bit on the floor. There were some great sweeps that were going on. It was some really some high level jujitsu between those guys. You know, you it's really crazy to see these giant giant guys just going around rolling around like that. And just getting a great grappling match in, you know, Verdum was able to eventually sink in a triangle. He kind of baited him into it. And Hanan has very long arms. So while he's in the triangle, he's punching Verdum in the face. For those who didn't see it, he's punching him in the face. And uh, after that, uh, there's a big deal about, you know, maybe he tapped on his shoulder. Well, there's and no so, maybe. Yeah, no, he tapped. He absolutely <laughs> tapped. He tapped. And so, like, there's the whole thing is that he tapped on the back of his shoulder where Keith Peterson, feel bad for this guy, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, so this moment I cigarettes felt bad for him. Yeah, cigarettes and alcohol. I mean, he probably had a couple Natty Daddies and, you know, maybe a fucking Winston cigarette before this, but... I uh, didn't see the tap, which, I mean, it wasn't his fault. He was on a bad side of him to see the tap, and, and so... He didn't see the tap, and then after that, uh, Ferdum starts to lo- loosen up the the triangle. It was in really, really deep. He had it in just right. I mean, this is a guy who submitted, you know, Fedor Emelianenko with this triangle. He knows how to do this submission. He's a high level jujitsu guy, and uh, Hanan with his long arms just starts raining down punches on him, and eventually he starts to loosen it up. And it seems that he's kind of rocked whenever it's happening, and so that's yeah. kind of why. In so like which the, the transition from a tight triangle, you have him. In- my thoughts on it are he it was a phantom tap where he tapped just to try to get the guy to let go um i think because when you go and look at it uh when fabricio verdum has the triangle and he's taking the punches but he's taking them well he's fine yeah um so i think hen and i think hen and starts to think okay maybe i am in trouble with this but i can still hit him yeah uh and then he like you said he goes and he taps on the shoulder twice immediately starts punching him again though yeah um and Verdum, after the fight, said, yeah, no, I've been doing this for, you know, 20 or 30 years. Um, I know that when a guy taps, I let go. That's just part of the job. That's what I do. It's what yeah. we all do. So I know he tapped. Yeah. Um, but my thing is, I, he, I don't think he let go because he felt the tap. I think he let go because, like you said, he got a little rocked. Yeah. And that guy was uh, throwing Because as punches. soon as he got rocked, or yeah. as soon as he... Uh, tapped they got uh Hennen tapped he pulls the t- triangle tighter yeah and you can go look at this it is absolutely what he does he grabs the back of his head with both hands and pulls in deeper to get a tighter choke yeah um that's just typical uh technique with triangles so as soon as he felt the tap uh and got hit once or twice he t- he ch- tucks in and yeah. pulls the head um takes a few more hits and then one that rocks him he starts that's when he lets go and his arm kind of falls down and he yeah. starts to turn in um there was no point where he was like, oh, I felt the tap and looks at the ref and kind of lets go and goes, yeah, he tapped. Anyone who is in that situation would do that. Yeah. So I think, uh, one, you had Hennon phantom tap and immediately start punching because he tapped on a spot yeah. where he knew the ref couldn't see. 
and then he so he immediately starts punching and then you have fabricio Verdum get rocked i don't think he let go because yeah he felt a tap and then so because he wouldn't have tightened it yeah and then right after right after that so he starts loosening up because he i mean he was hitting getting he was some great shots by a big yeah, guy and they were they were really big yeah. shots so here's something interesting i was saving this actually for the for when we recorded <laughs> did you know that hannon fahea plays fabricio Verdum in a movie isn't that weird? That is weird. That's so weird. It's kind of funny, actually. Um, yeah, he plays uh, Fabrizio Verdum in a movie called Tejea, or, mm-hmm. or Terror. Yeah. I'm not, I, it's Portuguese. I wouldn't know how to pronounce it. I probably botched it. But um, it's about a... Um, I'm blanking on his name, Augusto. Uh, but he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu legend, and uh, Fabrizio Verdum shows up in this biopic about him. And he's played by Hannon Fahea, and here's Hannon Fahea fighting Fabrizio Verdun. Yeah, that's so weird. That's weird. I know. I never heard about it. So yeah, we'll, we'll you can go look back it up. Watch it's, that movie. It's like, freaking weird. That's what. So eventually, so he rolls over, and then Hannon just keeps throwing punches. Eventually, Fabrizio goes out. I mean, you can't. There's take like him. six punches yeah. that are completely unanswered. Yeah. Verdun is out, and I don't know what Keith Peterson was doing, thinking. It was a very, very late stoppage. I mean, yeah, I remember his, watching. His that. hands were busy. Yeah, uh, taking a, a drag, taking a drag, and taking a sip. You know, he's supposed to sit up with a blunt and beer. I don't like just, talking mess about refs. No, but not at all, because they have the this most... One, this one was pretty bad. Yeah, this one was an obvious, like, hey, Mazagati, get in there. Like, and, that was and, not good. The And the tap wasn't, um, wasn't... Like I said, it was out of his eyesight, so I don't I don't blame him if he didn't see the tap. Yeah. It, it is what it is, but the the several unanswered punches. Um, and But yeah, I think that's something... They asked Verdum if he would want to, uh, if he would want to try to try to make an appeal to have it overturned, and mm-hmm. he kind of said no. Yeah, uh, I think because he kind of knows what the PFL rules that he can still go in there and he can still um, he can go in there and he can still you know like have a chance to get in the corner finals and the semifinals and all that. So he's yeah, probably just like you but know what the th- the thing is now though is that's a six point lead jump for, for yeah. Hen and Fahea. for somebody who's and he's busy. not the only one who got six points. Yeah. So it, the heavyweight situation right now is a pretty big deal uh, because another person who was in the heavyweight uh, division who fought that night uh, was Brandon Sales yep. and Muhammad Usman, the younger, big but, Chris, but much larger brother yeah. of Kamaru Usman. And it's funny because Brandon Sales looks just like uh, Chris Weidman, just bigger. Yeah, he does. He looks, bigger. yeah. Somebody, I remember uh, one of the comments when I was kind of watching the recap on these fights is somebody says like, damn, dude, uh, Chris Weidman came back from the injury really quick. <laughs> But I mean, his fight, his fight actually came out, came back, kind of what I expected it to be. It was, it was pretty much with uh, sales. You know, I mean, he's a heavyweight. He's experienced, and uh, as you know, Usman Muhammad Usman's a very, very big guy. He's he's very muscular. While you have sales, and it's just like a lot of his ones are by submission. So I kind of figured it was going to be a second round submission for Brandon Sales. He tagged. Uh, Muhammad really uh, in the second round he tagged him and after that he got that choke in and he choked him out cold and so kind of played out how I expected it to I know Muhammad will be back I mean he's a specimen dude if you see that guy and dude's massive yeah he's huge it's like that's that's Kamaro's big little brother and I mean, the, and that's the thing though he's so big uh, Kamaro has great car- uh, cardio great conditioning yeah uh, but we need to see if uh, Muhammad does yeah uh, because if he goes late in these rounds with these heavyweights it's not going to go well for him yeah um especially if this early on he's shown that he can get submitted so that's not a good start off for the season no um a couple other fights uh someone who did get a great start was kayla harrison yep uh two-time 
judo gold medalist mm-hmm. uh, with the Olympics. Uh, she got a TKO over Mariana Moraes. Uh, just an all-around dominant performance. Uh, I think I had said this last time. If you think uh, Ronda Rousey's judo is good, you should see her. Yeah. Uh, she's a killer. I mean, uh, it was a quick fight, wasn't it? I know it was first yeah, round. Yeah, it was first round, so she's got the six points for having a first round finish. Yeah. Uh, there's not like a whole lot to say because it happened in the first round and you don't get to see very much from uh from Marais, so it's kind of hard to say as far as any standings go all you can say is well kayla harrison looks super dominant yeah uh so she's definitely sitting up top of those rankings um one of the other fights was larissa pacheco and julia pajic Mm-hmm. And that was uh, another TKO in the first round. Yeah. So another person who's sitting up top in those rankings for both the season. six points. Yeah. All in the, I want to say the flyweight division, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, both have six points. They're, they'll probably they're probably end up meeting each other, depending yeah. on how it plays out. But I mean, it's kind of with uh, Pacheco. I mean, you see her too. She's built like Jessica Andrade. She's stocky. Yeah. And I mean, she was able to go out there and put her out really, really quick. So. It was uh, kudos to her for doing that. I mean, you know, that's I, I enjoy watching the PFL, dude. It's so much fun. Yeah. These guys are... And I think this was the first uh, main card, anyway, mm-hmm. of uh, mm-hmm. one of the PFL events. Yeah. PFL 3 is the title of it, if anyone go, wants to go look at the main the card results. But it's uh, the first one that had almost all finishes on the main card. Really? Yeah, the rest have been a lot of decisions. PFL 1 was a lot... I think every yeah, fight was a decision. Every fight. Yeah. I think only one guy got a finish on that card. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, Brendan Riddell, I think was his name, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brendan, Brendan Riddell. Yeah. Um, so PFL is really exciting right now uh, with the Verdum situation. Now he's stuck in the lower end of the rankings for the heavyweight season. He's not last because there was someone who missed weight, so he's mm-hmm. got negative one points. Yeah. Uh, Verdum, as well as several other others, have zero points, while there are at least three guys at, or two guys at the top with six, and I think one has five points. So, very competitive, very surprising with some of these guys. I, I thought, I still think Verdum's gonna gonna kind of run it. I think he's gonna do really yeah. well. Um, he got that submission. The guy tapped. Whether it was a real tap or not, I don't know. But uh, he did tap. So they're not gonna overturn it. That's fine. It is what it is. As long as Verdum's willing to accept those, those results, I think if he wanted to make an appeal, he'd get it. Because yeah. you see the guy tap. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Um, it's just a shame. That it went down like that. Yeah. I mean, you hate to see that. I mean, um, but I, I, Verdun will definitely be back. I think he's probably, uh, if not, he's going to, I think he will definitely be the best heavyweight out of that whole that whole division. But that's just well, because of the fact that he's just, a, even though he is older, he's a veteran of the sport. He just has, he, man, that dude's been fighting since, like, Pride. So. Hennen Fahey is going to be a, a problem forever. That's actually yeah. his... Uh, his fighting name is the problem. Really? Yeah. You um, see that guy, though? He's, pretty, he, he's yeah. like Isaac Frost. So last time I said Verdum's got the reach advantage, mm-hmm. and I don't know what I was thinking because if there's... Verdum is giant. He's very tall, very yep. long, very big. Uh, Hen and Fahey is larger than him and taller than him and longer than him, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, Isaac Frost was... Uh, Probably the hardest uh, <laughs> boss fight in any video game. It's the Fight Night Champion. Yeah, which is funny because they actually kind of look alike too. A little bit. Yeah, He's a little chunkier than Isaac Frost though. Yeah, but 
yeah, Isaac Frost is huge. He's got these really long arms, and you have to go in there and uh, try to take him down, and it's it's really hard. But yeah, huge. These guys are huge. Um, so I'm going to stop saying that now because it's making it weird, and we're going to move on to the Bellator <laughs> fights. <laughs> this happened uh, that uh, the following day on that Friday. It was uh, a lot of great fights happened. A lot of uh, familiar names. Uh, say a few. I mean, you know, with the preliminary card, even then they were actually on YouTube. Lorenz Larkin defeated Rafael Cavallo, so that was uh, a yeah. yeah, that was a really good fight. <clears throat> um, you you really expect a lot from those guys, former UFC fighters. Yeah. Um, you had Patchy Mix get a win. Mm-hmm. You had Eric Perez, former flyweight uh, UFC flyweight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he he was the first fight on that card. Um, so that that whole card was, is going to be a fun one to look back on. Um, you had Patricky Pitbull Frere get another win, so that one's always good to see. I'm sorry, loss. He got a loss, uh, which is crazy to see. Yeah, and again, I'm just wrong. <laughs> hey, it's okay. Uh, I'll probably butcher somebody's name eventually. But yeah, it's kind of crazy to see uh, the loss, see uh, him take a loss. But I mean, he's been fighting for, in Bellator since 2011, man. He's been in there for 10 years. He's been doing it for a very long time. The so guy, The guy he fought, a great Irish fighter, Peter Peter Cayley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cayley, however it's said. Again, we're awful. We're <laughs> the worst. We're terrible. We're scum. Um, but we're going to get into one of the one of the fights I'm the so excited about. I absolutely love Michael Venom Page. Yeah. If you don't know who Michael Venom Page is, go look him up. He's so fun to watch. Unless you don't like guys who are a little showboaty. Yeah, he's very he brash. He's a lot of showboaty. Yeah. Um, but I would say, so I use, I'm, I respect Anderson Silva. I love it. What Anderson Silva did as far as his career, did not like watching him because met you showboat and you don't go out there and win your fight. When you're that good, you can go out there and win your fight. And he showboated and he didn't go out there and win his fights. He just won his fight. Yeah. Um, the the fight with Damian Maya was a is a big one. The difference with Michael Venom Page is he showboats, but he finishes those fights. Yeah. He puts a hurting on these guys, and he does it in spectacular fashion. Um. Uh, one of his most notable ones was against Cyborg. Um. He got a flying knee, which pretty much caved in Cyborg's face. I don't think Cyborg will ever fight again because of this. No, no, he um, did retire retire yeah. after that. After afterwards, MVP Michael Venom Page throws a Pokeball at him, and well, he rolls it on the ground over to him, and then turns around and does a little anime pose to the camera, <laughs> and it was rough. Yeah, it was. Uh, what's it called? I mean, that's how I first I, I had knew of uh, Michael Venom Page before, and then I realized how showboaty he was. So that's why I never really cared for yeah, him. A lot of people are yeah. off put by that, but. Yeah. You see this guy fight, and you realize, oh, he's showboaty because he's... That's just how much he's winning these fights. When he he goes in there, he is levels above these guys. And he isn't using the showboating because he's that good. He's using the showboating as a weapon to lure... Not even to lure guys in, just to just to make sure they're down at their level so that he can continue doing whatever he wants. Yeah, it's kind of weird how he's able to telegraph those guys. I mean, he yeah. does it so well. Like, whenever he did against Derek Anderson, it was, uh, you know, with that fight, it ended with a broken nose, but yeah, he was yeah. messing with Derek, and Derek decides to do it back to him, and he throws a head kick right on his nose, yeah, dude. Derek and, Anderson leaned directly into the head kick. Yeah. Uh, com- just front, complete front of yeah. the bridge of his nose. It, 
straight into MVP's shin. It yeah. was nasty. It's like probably one of the worst broken. Probably, I mean, top three bro, bro, worst broken noses I've seen. You know, is you got Rich Franklin's and then Mike Perry's and then there's his Brandon Barris against Tiago Silva. Yeah, I forgot about nasty. that. Yeah, broke it. just completely to the side. But this guy's nose, like he had no nose. Like it just looked. I don't know. It looked like he got really bad plastic surgery. So. Um, so, but yeah, so leading him into more of the card, uh, we finally saw Anthony Rumble Johnson come back, which was, I was excited for this fight. Uh, I'm always excited to see him fight. I've been watching him since he was fighting at 170, which is crazy. I think he used to make yeah. 170. Well, it was supposed to be against Yoel Romero. Yeah. Uh, Romero didn't make the fight. Um, and yeah. so he was replaced. Uh, and Rumble talks about it. He talks about how he wasn't really sure if he even wanted to keep going with it. Because he said he didn't feel like there was a whole lot of guys that were worth his time. And yeah. I don't blame him. Um, but the guy that they, that replaced him, Romero, was Jose Augusto. And that is an exciting one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Augusto almost won the fight yeah, pretty the first early round, on. Yeah. Uh, he, rocked, he rocked Rumble and dropped him. Uh, and he stayed on him, but he ended up breaking his hands. So he yeah. couldn't keep it going. Uh, so eventually the momentum of the fight kind of switches to Rumble and yeah. Rumble gets the win. And you kind of see what Anthony Rumble Johnson does best is he put him to sleep with yeah. one punch. It was Real dirty. Bad. I mean, that dude just fell straight back. It was it was a intense knockout. And I was like, man, this and that's Rumble Johnson I know. But he did yeah. say in the post-fight press conference that he, he was, felt bad. He, yeah, felt he, he was like pissed. He's like, I, he's like, I'm mad at myself for how I feel right now. And it's just like, I think it's just the adjustment. People kind of commented on his physique. They were like, he's not as built, built as he was in the UFC. But, I mean, this guy went from being, 265 to cutting down to 205 and he's also older now i mean you're gonna lose that definition he also like went for a while without fighting yeah so he's not in his competition shape yet he might still get there if he doesn't though look at all the guys who went over to uh, from the ufc to bellator after they retired most of them aren't in the shape they used to be in rampage jackson's fighting at 265 rampage jackson is far from the shape he used to be yeah. in and i think he knows it too i mean yeah. I, I think it eats at him but yeah i mean uh so i mean it kind of happens with look at you know frank mir frank mir whenever he wants a bellator he looks out of shape yeah you know uh well frank mir doing his uh boxing at triller yeah he looks rough yeah i didn't realize like like he's when he was wearing his shirt for like the press conferences yeah he's got such a huge chest like you don't notice how much of a gut he has yeah takes off that shirt and you're just like whoa Where'd that come from? Yeah, and, but with the uh, the Rumble Johnson that showed up, I'm kind of happy he didn't fight Yoel Romero. Yoel's always in great shape, and so he definitely would have been the, the fire in better shape. But hopefully they can figure out what's going on with his eye, and hopefully he they can uh, figure out what's going 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 on with his eye and stuff. I mean, uh, what's kind of crazy was they what's that, they asked Israel Adesanya about it, and they had said, "Oh well," um, he and he was like, "Yeah, I actually know something was wrong with his left eye." whenever we had our stare down for our fight and so that's kind of why he couldn't pass the medical uh exam yeah. because of that left eye so hopefully they can get that figured out i want to see that fight because yeah it it's, just... it's crazy to think that they're in the same weight class though yeah. like you said rumble used to make 170 it's crazy his, his fight against josh koscheck is is one that always kind of confuses me because yeah. he's he's always been bigger than all the guys at, at welterweight yeah but he was so thin back then like mm-hmm. you could at least go okay well that makes sense yeah i i get how he could make 170 but there's no way he's fighting at 170 no but when he looks when you go and look at his fight against josh koscheck yeah he's a lot, a lot longer mm-hmm. but he's not like bulky yeah at all 
Um, even for 170, he wasn't bulky in that fight. He did try 185 against Belfort. And yeah. He did miss weight for that fight. He missed it by like 10 pounds. Yeah. And uh, so eventually they just were like, I think that's when the, he, Dana White told him something at the weigh-ins. Yeah, and, he told him, hey, yeah. uh, uh, what did he say? He said, hey, this can't happen again. Yeah. Uh, this It's not happening again. Yeah, you're, sure. you're not fighting in this weight class game. And uh, he, uh, yeah, he missed 185 by 196. Belfort still fought him into beating uh, Johnson by rear naked choke. Yeah. So, which I mean, I think Johnson left, and he ended up finding his footing at light heavyweight and heavyweight. He actually broke Andre Lowski's jaw at heavyweight. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of good competition for him at Bellator, but I don't know if they're going to be able to compete with his power. You know, I I think his power is going to be a big deal. Yeah. But looking at this fight, if he doesn't, if he doesn't have the reaction time, which is something I'm going to bring up with a different fighter later. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he doesn't have that reaction time, he's going to lose. Yeah. Cause you look at Ryan Bader, Ryan Bader looks almost better than he ever has. Yeah. He looks he great. Is, he is a complete fighter. Now when he was in the UFC, he was a wrestler yeah. who could hit hard, uh, started falling in love with his hands, but you know, didn't really have any reason to yet. Now he has a reason to. His striking ability is completely different than when it was when he was in the UFC. So if if uh, he and Anthony Johnson end up meeting, mm-hmm. I think I think Ryan Bader beats him. I don't think Anthony Johnson's going to be quick enough if yeah. he looks like he did in in the beginning of the fight with Augusto. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, because I mean when he got hit by the big shots, like you've never seen him get hit by a shot like that. But, yeah. So <clears throat> I mean, well, he's going to be fighting again soon, so we'll definitely be able to get a definitely a good feel feel for what he's going to be doing and he's but got plenty of time the way this the the way this is working i, I think he's going to have plenty of time yeah it'll be soon mm-hmm. but uh they are going to have a lot on their hands now because yeah. of what's all all the changes that have just happened uh michael page calling out douglas lima again but he's get to a point where it's he's calling him out without even saying his name yeah he doesn't want to say it anymore I think that puts Douglas Lima on a spot that Bellator has to say, hey, you have to answer to him at some point. Which, I mean, uh, to the point, too, is like, I'm sure Douglas, Douglas Lima's like, I'm not going to keep calling out a guy that fights these under-level fighters. And I think it's kind of his point with that. The only thing is when, when all of the guys beneath you mm-hmm. are lower-level fighters because you and MVP are that much higher than everybody else, yeah. There's nothing else to do. Yeah, I mean he's who gonna is, have to fight him eventually because I mean I think um, I think Diego Lima is. I'm mean, sorry, Douglas. Douglas, yeah, Douglas Lima. He's only fought like three times since. Yeah, but since but here's win. my thing. He yeah. he's beaten nothing but, in his words, would be bums. Yeah, he's beaten nothing but bums too. Because when you are that good, that's all there is. Yeah. Um, Michael Page is gonna have nothing but those guys to fight too, um, and I think Michael Page is a is a better fighter than Douglas Lima, yeah. but he needs to realize Douglas Lima is better than all these other guys that he's been fighting. Yeah. So he can't joke or not joke around, but he can't do those things the way he does. Which if if he, you move your balance off of your feet the way he did, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. And um, so, and uh, Douglas Lima, he's, dude, I, I wish he was in the UFC to fight facing the best. I of wish the best. he would have. Yeah. yeah. Him and Diego and, Lima are great. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, they had fought before already. Douglas actually knocked him out. And, uh, cause, the MVP was doing what he usually does is he was showboating a little bit and then uh, he takes his balance off of his foot and Douglas Lima just wipes that foot out from underneath him and and as he's getting up 
just destroys his face. Yeah, with that nasty uppercut. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty much, I think he knocked his mouthpiece out of his mouth. It was like, bad. It was, he went limp. And what's like, uh, Douglas Lima's known for his leg kicks. It was just, yeah. yeah. And that's what I'm saying. You, yeah. you know this guy's going to take your legs out from under you. Why would you, mm-hmm. why would you be so light on your feet to a point where you know you're going to lose your balance? Yeah. It's not, a, it's not a good light on your feet um, with the way he was showboating. But yeah, with that change... And then the other change is going to be Sergio Pettis yep. getting the championship. Um, be defeated uh, Juan Archuleta by decision. Which he's been pretty dominant. Yes, uh, yeah. He's looked real good. So Sergio Pettis has looked real good since he's left the UFC and went into Bellator. Yeah, he's so, only, I mean, uh, Juan Archuleta's 26-3. and three. This is his third loss. Yeah. I mean, he's he trains with some great guys. He trains with, um, he trains with Sam Calviti over at the training lab with TJ Dillashaw, Colby Northcutt, Raymond Daniels, all these other great fighters. And so... Uh, I definitely think, but oh, ha- he calls it a lab. It's his garage. His garage, yeah. yeah. Be clear if you go look into this. It it, they call it a lab, but it is literally his garage. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Like thinking about that, it's like, man, you have you're, these five high, high name, high profile fighters mm-hmm. training out of some dude's garage. That's wild in, in Orange County, California. Yeah. So it's, it's cool, but it's just crazy. Yeah. It's just That's it's some nuts. old school stuff right there. And I think uh, it really is. I mean, it reminds me of uh, what's that? John Hackman, you yeah. know, training people in his backyard. And uh, but I think it's. I'm happy to see Sergio Pettis get the belt. I think that's a great deal for him. I think he's de- he definitely found his footing in Bellator. Yeah. I mean, I think with um, the UFC when he was fighting the UFC, it's just something about it. He just couldn't keep up with those guys, or he would get super tough fights. Ooh. I remember when he moved out to Bellator, he fought Rob Font. And so it's just like, man, fighting Rob Font, who's a lot bigger than you used to fight at 145, it's just like, man, like he's. I think it's the same thing with Sage Northcutt. Yeah. You jump in this, you, you, your name brings so much mm-hmm. hype with it that you jump into these waters that you're not ready to swim yeah. in. Because he had a lot of hype coming in because yeah. of the fact that he was Anthony Pettis' brother. brother. And he is a good fighter. Yeah. So when you're not ready, you don't get to sharpen yourself the way you're supposed to as right. a fighter or just any kind of athlete. Um, so you go into something not prepared for it yeah you're not gonna have too much success uh but he he's definitely grown from his time in the ufc and he shows it in bellator because mm-hmm. does he have a loss in bellator i think he's got um i'm not sure i, I want to say he has one i know he's doing really good in bellator and of course i mean he just won the championship but i mean um let me see uh, no, he's actually undefeated he's in Bellator. Undefeated in Bellator. Yeah. Okay. Actually, what's crazy is um, two fights into his Bellator career, he was fighting for the championship. Oh, he was 2-0 and in Bellator, then after his third fight was the, for the championship. Yeah. So, um, what's it called? It was just... He's had a lot of tough fights. I mean, he's fought tough, tough competition since he was in the UFC. You know, he fought Rob Font, Hussier for Omega, Joseph Benavidez, Henry Cejudo, right before he won the title, you yeah. know? So, I mean, it's um, just a lot, a lot of good names, but I mean, so it's just good to see him being successful, though. But Saturday, though, this, I mean, a lot to discuss with the UFC Vegas 26 card, though, before I forget, because yeah. I mean, I'm just a, I'm a big fan of the Pettis brothers. I mean, I'm hoping that uh, Anthony finds his footing again in in um, PFL, but a couple guys we saw uh, his son's fight. Finally, yeah. yeah, we saw uh, what's it called, uh, Alex Morano and Don Cerrone fight. But there's a lot of great fights on UFC Vegas 26. A lot of fights that I was, I what thought would be great and weren't really very exciting as well. Unfortunately, yeah. And so uh, a lot of fighters missed weight as well. That was another thing. 
Yeah, uh, several fights got scrapped from this card. Uh, this card was hard to keep going. Yeah, because uh, you had Diego Sanchez and Donald Cerrone set to fight, mm-hmm. and Diego Sanchez gets cut from the UFC. And this fight was supposed to be uh, the headliner was supposed to be Corey Sanhagen versus TJ Dillashaw, and so that fight got scrapped a week before. And then during that same week, that's when Cerrone's opponent Diego Sanchez falls out, so they had to find him a replacement. Yeah, Angela but, Hill and Amanda Hebos yep, get that, taken off. Like the day of the fight. Yeah, yeah. And Angela Hill was pretty mad. She's like, really wish somebody would have told me before I showed up to this thing. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, Amanda Hebos, uh, she did. She has uh, the coronavirus. She's got the, she got the Rona. She got the bug. So hopefully she can, you know, come back strong. And uh, it doesn't affect her uh, cardiovascular or anything serious or she's out for a while. But uh, my honestly, my favorite fight, and it was the first fight on the card, Phil Halls versus Mikhail Dawkins. The uh, Phil Halls defeated him by decision. It was a good back and forth fight. Um, I mean, Phil Halls is exciting, and Kyle yeah, Dawkins was yeah. able to keep up with him as much as he could. And the the Dawkins brothers both fight pretty similarly. I mm-hmm. think they both are going to be a great uh, set of brothers in the UFC. They're going to be fun to watch. Uh, but yeah, Phil Halls was already just he's already ready. He, I think he's ready to move up. Yeah, um, and I think he he showed that, and he looked like it. He looked like someone who's ready to move up because he's got great striking. Mm-hmm. But he he showed the ability to control someone up against the cage and on the ground in that fight. Yeah. Uh, so I think he I think he's ready. I That's think he's what ready to move up. A lot of the commentary team was saying, you know, uh, right now Phil Hawes is implementing what Kyle Dawkins is wanting to do. He was, yeah. you know, so Phil Hawes is really really stocky, and Kyle Dawkins is just really long. But, uh, you know, Kyle Dawkins had him hurt in that second round. Phil Hawes was able to fight through it, tag him back, and then get him to the ground. And then even in the third round, when he's on top of Kyle Dawkins beating him up, which I did not expect it to go to the ground. And Phil Hawes being in control as much as he was, but even the referee saying, you need to start fighting back like I'm about to stop the fight because of how serious he was just getting beat up. It was like, man. But, um, I mean, we'll see Kyle Dawkins back for sure. So, and in Phil Hawes, I'm definitely going to be happy to see what's going to happen with him next. After that fight, I think... Um, He's, he's doing really, really good, you know. So then the other fight was another missed weight. Oh, yeah, I did want to bring up uh, Ryan Benoit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, completely forgot really about that. really bad weight cut. Serious, seriously bad weight cut. I mean, you see him. He weighed in at 129 and a half pounds, and he looked like he's about to fall, but just pass out. Like he had yeah. to get help to the scale, and he had to have help on the scale to just to stand there. And yeah. then eventually the, the medical team just said, you know what? No, he can't fight tomorrow. So it makes you really wonder: Is he going to go up to one thirty-five? Is what's going on with his weight cut? Why is he, you know, struggling to make this weight? Yeah, it could have just it could have just been an issue that he had with this particular weight cut. Yeah, or it could be something that they consistently struggle with. So yeah, they may end up having to move him or trying to move him up, mm-hmm. um, which for the safety of the fighter is sometimes a better choice. Yeah, even if it means you're going to be disadvantaged. If you really want to keep fighting, you can't shorten your career. You can't. Uh, like they say, burn burn the candle at both ends. Yeah, you can't be going out there fighting really hard while you're destroying your body um, with the weight cuts before the fight even happens. Uh, so I think he definitely needs to figure out what's going on, mm-hmm. and he, he looking forward he needs to change something. Yeah, and then another guy who uh, I don't know what happened with it, but Felipe Lins yeah. never even showed up to the uh, to weigh-ins. Oh yeah, that was that was. Yeah. Uh, that there's Ben Rothwell for him versus Ben, ben Rothwell. Rothwell. Yeah. yeah, Felipe Lenz never even showed up because he wasn't cleared, he, mm-hmm. and they knew he wasn't cleared. And uh, that's another one where they didn't t- they didn't know anything. So when he didn't show up, they were just like, "Yeah, no, Ben, your fight's off." 
And we don't know to tell you. Yeah, and so it was just random. And then, you know, there's even Roxanne Modafferi was supposed to fight on this card. Really? Yeah, and she... I didn't even know that one. Yeah, she, uh, she tore her meniscus a month ago, so she wasn't isn't able to it, fight. Isn't it crazy, though, that this fight stayed put together? Yeah. Uh, but when John Jones had to fight Chael Sonnen and then pulled out, that card just fell apart and the UFC took it away. Yeah. Why did this one get... St- to stay together i don't understand after uh, it lost so many fights i think that was kind of dana white just trying to put the push the blame on somebody because he knew it wasn't going to generate as much this also wasn't a pay-per-view so that could be oh, it as you well you know what you're yeah. right if this was a pay-per-view it absolutely would have gotten canceled yeah i mean it probably been like we're not going to generate anything so um there's uh, i mean you know even uh who else was it there's a lot of fights that were supposed to happen yeah. i mean uh was that francisco figueredo who um Figueredo was supposed to fight. Yeah, he was supposed I to didn't fight. Know that and, either. Uh, his his uh, opponent Jimmy Flick retired back uh, oh, April tenth. So yeah. yeah, yeah, that happened. I didn't know he was set to fight. And then, Whoa, that's weird. Yeah, then uh, who else? Like Nicholas Mata <laughs> had a pull out against Demir uh, Hadzovic, and they got they found Nancy Medeiros, but they were able to book that for a later fight because it was such a short notice yeah. one. And then. Um, yeah, I mean, that was really uh, the whole gist of all the fighters. Like, oh, Holly Holm was supposed to be on this card. I forgot oh about that, God, too. Oh, my God, I yeah, didn't she, know that either. She was, she was supposed to fight, um, she was supposed to fight uh, Juliana Pena. And, oh, yeah, uh, I did know about that. Yeah, but, uh, but Pena now has the... Um, she has the title shot. The title shot, yeah. because because that fight missed out. And so, yeah, That's so, right. they, yeah, they we gave Juliana Pena the title shot. Uh, Holly Holm has uh, some, some illness that she's getting yeah. taken care of right now. Um, Besides that, so the another fighter that missed weight was uh, Diego Fajera. He, whenever he fought Gregor Gillespie, but Gregor Gillespie, being who he is, he said, "Nope, Take I'm still going to fight him. Take the fight." And weight, uh, yeah, it was and 160 and a half pounds. And Fajera uh, gives up uh, 30% of his burst yeah. to Gillespie. To Gregor Gillespie, which I mean, you know, good for Gregor Gillespie is able to pull off the second round TKO. So not only does he get a uh, show money, but he's going to get win money and a little bit well, of he, some extra He looked money. rough after that first round, yeah, too. He, he really did. exhausted after that first round, and which is, I mean, because these guys, like we talked about last week, is like they're both very aggressive fighters. And uh, it was a good fr- fight, though. I mean, it's hard to say that. I, I mean, I go back and forth with this one and the Phil Hall's fight. They, these guys actually won fight of the night, so it was kind of nice yeah. to see that. They got Gillespie, a little extra. Gillespie so. got an extra hundred k. Yeah, because he got fight of the night and knockout of the night. Yeah, I mean it was just it was insane to see that, and I was like, man, that's really good to see that that these guys were able to sit there and throw down. But Gregor Gillespie looked exhausted after that first yeah, one. Like he, he he's falling over. Yeah, he's falling over. They had to get the doctor going and check on him, and make sure he was okay. And I mean, it's like you've never seen Gregor Gillespie ever look like that. That guy always shows up. He shows up in shape. He shows up ready. And, he's a gym uh, rat. He, yeah. He's a notorious gym rat. Yeah. This guy is constantly training where he's fishing uh mm-hmm. and he doesn't just fish he goes out like into the deep waters and he he fishes real aggressively oh really he does like the spear fishing he does i don't know about spear. okay no uh but he, he fishes that he just he just does everything he does aggressively yeah okay i thought you'd be like he's like in there fighting these fish or something or just like <laughs> yeah but, he does the thing where he sticks his arm in a hole and waits for the fish oh to no- noodling yeah you gotta be careful with that shit do a fucking it'll be a snapping turtle in there you ever heard of that like a yeah, snapping turtle yeah. will snap you just you like, ever watch coyote peterson no no look up that? coyote peterson uh when you can brave he, wilderness he, that's all he does uh is he, he finds, a finger no no okay uh, he's, he, he's i'd say he's smart but it's not really smart what he does <laughs> so he has this thing called the pain index mm-hmm. or, or the sting index 
He's a dude and that lets people fucking bite him and shit. Yeah, or, bite yeah. him and sting him. So he yeah. he determines what has the most powerful bite and what has the most powerful sting among insects and reptiles and lizards, all kinds of stuff. Um, he had a Gila monster bite him. He let a giant desert centipede bite him. Uh, he let the uh, uh, the Japanese giant hornet, aka the murder hornet, uh, bite him or sting him. Mm-hmm. I'm stupid. Um, he let uh, what else? The cow killer wasp sting him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the giant ants that uh, I think are from Australia. He let yeah. those bite him. Uh, dude, let's. He's freaking nuts. But yeah, he does that. He messes with uh, he messes with uh, snapping turtles too. No, oh god, dude, I'm gonna have to look crazy. Him up. He's That's crazy. <laughs> dude, nah, man, I can't do shit like that. Coyote okay. Peterson. I'm gonna look him up after this. But he's, yeah, he's uh, fun. Gregor Lesby, man, he's a he's a grinder. <laughs> like we talked about. <laughs> Back to that. But what's it called? Uh, Gregor Lesby. He's just he. Um, even Daniel Cormier was commenting on it. It's like I've never seen him tired before. Like this is uh, this is way out of character for yeah. him because he's just always in great shape. And Crossway Hera is a very and they talked about push. altitude as yeah. well being an issue. That could be it as well. I didn't even think about that. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I keep calling him Carlos whenever he usually goes by Diego. But yeah, Diego Carlos. Yeah. or is it Carlos? Carlos Diego, Diego Fajera. Yeah. And so, uh, so Diego and him were just they were it was a good back and forth fight because these guys were scrambling back and forth. One guy was getting dominant position, other guy was getting it, and eventually like it's I really mean, you, great wrestling you, yeah it was a lot it of great really wrestling fun. great i mean uh, for hera for somebody that's a jujitsu guy was being very aggressive he wasn't just letting him take control he yeah. was taking control back and um you know you hear diego's coaches yelling at him to get up because they know that this is this is what gregor does he will grind you out but he's very aggressive when he does it. he's not a lay and pray type of fighter he is in there to really go in there and just beat yeah. somebody up and eventually you see uh gregor get in a dominant position starts throwing some punches and then after that, Gregor just gets his back and starts raining down el- punches and switches to elbows, and then the ref jumps in and calls the fight. And it was a great win. Great to see um, Gregor Gillespie. I'm a big fan of him. Happy to see him back in the win column after his knockout loss. And um, him and D- him and uh, sorry DC were talking about you know, and Cormier was interviewing him and he said it's like it seems like a very emotional win for you. And he's like it is like you know I, I was, after I got knocked out. It's just I've been away from the sport for a year, and the doubt creeps in very, very quick. Yeah. You know, can I keep up with these guys? Can I do this? And so, and he asked him about the first round, and he just said, said, you know, after that first round, he's like, he's like, I made guys quit before I quit. He's like, that's my thing. I will tire myself out, but if I tire myself out, I know that guy's a lot more tired than yeah. I am. So, well, with Fajaya, I think when you're when like if you're talking about uh, how Gillespie was saying the the doubt creeps in real quick. Yeah. Fahey's got to be kind of getting there too. Yeah, uh, he's lost to Dustin Poirier. He's lost to Gillespie. He's lost to a lot of guys who are who are expected to move up in the rankings. Yeah. Um. So you start to think at some point, uh, what do you do for yourself as a fighter to stop losing to these guys? Because there's something about these guys. Yeah. Uh, that. They keep getting you. Yeah, like uh, another guy he lost was like Benil Dariush. That was back. Yeah, that was a while Dariush. back though. I mean, but he's coming up. He's had resurgence, but that's yeah. back in 2014. Uh, Benil Dariush is fighting Tony Ferguson now, right? Yep, he's fighting yeah. him next week. And so, I mean, granted, um, I mean uh, Diego was on a very long win streak. I mean, he was on a he was on a six fight win streak, and then he hadn't really lost since 2015. April to fourth, 2015 was the last time he lost. So he was doing really good, but. I mean, his biggest win was against um, Anthony Pettis when he submitted yeah. him. So it's like he, was, he wasn't fighting, you know, bad guys. He's fighting top competition, but it was just kind of like, man, you know, it that's does, what I'm it does now, make you wonder, like, what's, yeah. you know. Now you start to lose to these guys, and it's like, what is it about them that makes them 
the better fighter than me, yeah. at least in that moment. Uh, yeah. Because you have, yeah, MMA is crazy. You have guys who are not the better fighter. Look at Matt Sarah GSP. Yeah. Matt Sarah is not a better fighter than GSP, but Matt Sarah has a win over GSP. Yeah. Uh, so that's some, that's one of the biggest upsets in UFC history. Right. Um, so you just have to, you don't have to be a better fighter than that guy. You just have to be a better fighter that night. Yeah. Uh, but for some reason against some guys, he can't seem to be the better fighter because he gets caught. Um, but if you watch this fight, he, he, he has dominant position. He ends up getting back mount on, uh, on Gillespie. Right. But I would say that generally Gillespie was more dominant with the, uh, with the ground game, uh, in the first round. So when you go to the second round, he just kind of repeats that. Uh, so like I said, I think there's something where he needs to go in and, and kind of figure out where what's the I next lie? step yeah. for me. Not, and I'm not saying he needs to retire or figure, oh, maybe he needs to move weight classes. I just think yeah. there's something in his game that he needs to work on, and I'm sure his coaches will find it because I th- I if think, I can see it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he's aware and his, his coaches, coaches are aware. Know. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is like uh, DC talked about, you know, that night was uh, kind of because they always give facts about these fighters. He drives from South Texas to Dallas. Oh, yeah, nine every, hours. Nine hours. Yeah, uh, daily commute four and a half there, four and a half back. That's uh, three, three days a week, and I know that he talked about like you know he has property in South Texas. That's why he doesn't want to move yeah. up to Dallas. But at one point though, you have to really consider because if you you know when you're in the UFC, you either want to have be a, uh, have great fights or you want to be a champion. He so and he so, he's in Dallas. Yeah, or he lives in Dallas. Or he, he trains in Dallas. He trains drives. Dallas. Yeah, he drives. He lives in South Texas. Yeah. Where at in South Texas? Uh, I, I'm not Roughly. too sure. I mean, you know, considering it there has to some be somewhere, there are some gyms. It has to be somewhere around here. You know, considering we're four and a half away, away from from um, yeah from Dallas, so he's probably making a pretty far drive. But I mean, um, it was in far Texas, which is Hidalgo County. Hidalgo County. Yeah, which is like kind of heads towards San Antonio. I yeah, but say. There, there's got to be a gym. There's just got to be at least yeah. one closer. I mean, how many Houston gems are there? There's several Houston MMA gems. Yeah. Um, so join out with Metro, man. Check out Metro Fight Club. Yeah, check I mean, out, check out Four Ounce. Four check Ounce. Out Tuk, man. Yeah, there's there's plenty of guys to check out right around there. Yeah, he lives so He's training at, at Heritage Muay Thai. I don't know, man. So, uh, do you know where uh, Matamoros, Texas, is at? No, I do not. It's about an hour south of Corpus, and that's okay. where Far Texas is at. This is like heading towards South Padre. Oh, so dang, he yeah, yeah he lives so he lives far there. and so he drives all the way up to Dallas three days a week to go and train so um, which I mean there has to be some good gyms around there somewhere so uh, yeah it's pretty much this the city that he lives on is like the border line of Texas um, actually no man it has to be four hours uh, I mean nine hours there nine hours back because uh, far Texas is five and a half hours from here and Corpus is three and a half so that's just crazy yeah I mean it's it's yeah, right on the border of Texas and Mexico. I mean, you do you, Diego, but... I mean, apparently it was working gotta, for him for a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah. but like yeah. I said, once you get to a certain level and you start losing, there's got to be something. Yeah. Because um, he's lost two straight. He lost to Benil Darius in his last fight. Yeah. Before this. So uh, and he lost to a guy that's already beat him. So so there's there's got to be something. Yeah. Uh, that needs to be done, whether it's a change of gyms. Which always sucks because there's especially when it's something like that. Like yeah. you don't want to change. You you have your coaches. You trust it's working your coaches, for them, but yeah, you can't go to some other coaches who you don't know or don't trust. Yeah, 
and uh-huh. so it's working for him but i think what it is just uh he needs to figure out the commute issue and so but i mean i think he's he's smart enough to get it together he was like i said he was undefeated for five almost six years so i think he's definitely gonna be doing something with that and he'll probably get it I, i'm excited to see what's next for gregor gillespie uh take a little break get right back in there and so for the next fight, it was a uh, Neil Mag- battle of the Neils. You had a uh, Neil Magny ver- uh, decision win against um, Jeff Neil. Jeff Neil. Uh, it was a really, I would say it was a really back and forth fight. Yeah. Um, you had Jeff Neil pushing the pace the whole fight. Yeah. You had Jeff Neil pushing, backing Neil Magny into the cage constantly. Yeah. But Magny's using his reach and he's using his jab and he's using his mm-hmm. his kicks. Uh, he threw a lot of high kicks. Yeah. Um, whether they were landing or not, he was the one who was landing the shots. Yep. And that's how he won. That's and, that's really just the story of the fight. Is that yeah. he was landing his shots. He was the one who was using them, and Jeff Neal was just pushing forward. Jeff Neal threw little to no kicks. Yeah. He. Uh, I. I thought. I personally thought Jeff Neal won. I'm probably gonna go back and rewatch this because I feel yeah, like there's I'm something I missed. Well. And uh, but yeah, I think Jeff Neal was just he was just able. He, but his thing was he was just saying they were very flat footed. You know, he wasn't really on his toes. He would bounce around a little bit. But whenever things would happen, he had great defense. I mean, Neil Magny landed some good shots. Neil Magny early on was throwing a lot of straights, which is always my thing. If you can throw a straight and land, Especially for somebody as long as him, he's big. So he's a tall, long fighter. So, Um, But a lot of those straights weren't landing because Jeff Neal was good about not being on that center line. He had great head movement. moving. Um so yeah, it was a really it was a really back and forth fight. Yeah, a lot of uh, steady paced action. Maybe not high action, but a lot of a lot of steady paced action. And, yeah, um, I think it took Neil Magny. Uh, it felt like it took him a couple rounds to get his reach down because by that third round started, he made sure he won that third round. Yeah, he so, definitely did. Uh, yeah, and uh, I thought he won that third round for sure. And um, yeah, he went out there and he was just able to establish that jab really really well against uh, Jeff Neal. His you know, snapping his head back. He's hitting him with it so good. But in the second Jeff Neal started closing that gap, Mm -hmm. uh, Magny would clinch up with him and go up against Gage. Yeah. So anytime Jeff Neal did try to get something going, uh, Neil Magny kind of shut it down. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's really just the story of the fight. And so the next fight was the heavyweight fight, a very disappointing fight for me personally, just because I uh, thought Maurice Green was going to be able to go in there and just put in work on. Well, even if he couldn't, yeah, uh, it was one of those wins where it's like, uh, like I, I always say, I love even if it's not crazy exciting. I love seeing one guy uh, or one seeing a fighter who's so good that he can dominate someone else. Yeah. Uh, even if it goes to decision, it's it's just cool to see. Yeah, but I don't think Delima was able to really do much. Do much. Yeah, he, he would throw some punches, but he he would uh, get into guard and then. Uh, Green would get into half guard and then just sit there. Yeah. So I think if Green would, I don't know, there are plenty of half guard sweeps you can do. And mm-hmm. he didn't try for any one of he them. He didn't really try anything. He just, he, when he got taken down, he was, um, he I think the entire fight. against the cage Dele- and then sit yeah. there. Delima had, was in his half guard and Green would back up against the cage, but he wouldn't try to capitalize with anything. He just he let it happen. He wouldn't try to wall walk. He wouldn't yeah. try to he just get laid his there. hips out. And um, I think, I mean, honestly, man, the most exciting for the thing for me within that fight was between rounds two and three. Yeah. Whenever they started getting into it and shit, when he hit him after the bell, and then Herb Bean comes in there and just sons all these guys. Herb Bean's got to put his yeah. foot down and talk to these children because yeah, they yeah. don't know. Yeah, and so it was just funny because, you know, uh, what's his name? Because Maurice Green, he walked up to Maurice because he gave them both warnings. And yeah. so he walked up to Maurice Green and was like, uh, hey, man, like I see, and he's trying to, Maurice yeah, Green tries so to argue well, with them. Well, first, like what happened was Green. Yeah. 
uh, from the bottom, had his hands covering Dilema's face. Uh, and they, for, at first they were over his mouth and that was it. But then he puts his other hand across his face, across his eyes. Uh, and that pisses off Dilema. Yeah. So the, the, he starts hitting him and the bell rings and he, he throws one more punch in there. Yeah. And you hear him cuss as, as they walk away, they walk away to their corners. You hear him cussing out green. Yeah. He's like, motherfucker. And stuff. And, uh, and I was like, oh shit. And then, uh, so yeah, for the... In between rounds, you had him in his corner complaining about Green poking his eyes. Yeah. And you have Green going, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. And, and then Herb Dean's just sick of it. He just looks at it. He told him. He's like, shut yeah. up. This is what you're going to yeah. do. And I was like, oh, man. What the hell? Made me jump. Like, he, Oh, he kept Stop. Stop. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. He just told him. And then you see, uh, he's like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, which, you know, good good, uh, good on these guys to show some sportsmanship. And, I mean, after they touch gloves and, you know, show some discipline and not be all mad about it. But kind when, of. And he, yeah, kind of. You yeah. know, that, that that late punch, I mean, there's something to do about that. that you don't punch him. If, you, if anything, you want to make a statement about that is, is you uh, tell the referee, hey, he's covering my eyes. Like, you need to tell him yeah. something. And, and so uh, whenever Herb Dean, he took a point from DeLima from the second round because he said, he's like, hey, look, your foul well, was you, much more you, serious. You don't know that he took a point. He because he didn't make any indication that he took a point because right. when he when you take a point you make an indication right. and then the officials will tell you back a point is gone and uh, and then they do the whole show of standing him in the middle of the cage and saying one point is taken away one point is taken away yeah no he didn't so get it he actually did not get a point taken yeah, away so what Herb Dean said to Delima was hey anything like that again it's gonna be more than just a point taken away. So I think he's saying like, yeah, this is your warning. I'm not going to take a point. Yeah, I'm just disqualified. But this is a warning. Yeah. If you if you do it again, you're going to get disqualified. No points taken away, just straight disqualification. Right. In which I think is the right call by him because you know you don't commit fouls like that. You don't sit there and do stuff like just hit somebody after the bell. Y'all are professional fighters. You know you should have some type of some type of uh, respect towards each other, and that's just not what you do. But at least they were able to. I mean, after in between rounds, they they uh, whenever they were lining up to get ready to fight. They went and touched gloves and they apologized, which was cool. But it was just uh, I expected Maurice Green to get the submission win, and he didn't do that. I, you know, you had to do a kickboxer yeah. to Lima just go out there and completely dominate him on, on the, the ground. ground. Yeah, yeah, it, it so, was pretty rough. Um, yeah, for the co-main event though, a very shocking TKO by Alex Morano. Shocking, but yeah. let's let's give him his credit this yeah, time because sure. we should have last time and we didn't. Yeah, I felt this is our boy. Yeah, I, That's yeah. Houston native. I felt That's super bad. We're not repping our I felt, set. I felt like I was really digging into that guy and I shouldn't have been. And so, but <laughs> I, even I think it was funny because as soon as we ended, I looked at Zach and I said, "I was like, I really kind of went in a little bit, didn't I?" And he's like, "Yeah, just maybe too much, but." It's just, uh, I mean, he went in there and he put on work. And one of the Alex things Morono, was... Alex Morono, by yeah. the way. I don't know if we said the Alex name. Morano, Alex yeah. Morono yeah. took the fight on, was it, six days notice? Yeah, against... Against Con- Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah, nobody does that against Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah. They have to, even no matter how, no matter what his loss streak is like, people don't do that. Cerrone usually is the one stepping up to yeah. take a fight on short notice. Which, um, fun fact about Alex Morano is he actually, uh, his first fight in the UFC was on a week's notice against Kyle Noak. Which and he won. Which he won, so and it's. I, I love Kyle Noak. Kyle Noak yeah. is a very tough guy, uh, very thick, tough uh, yeah. uh, fighter from Australia. So you know he's seen some stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But for him, for for Alex Morono to go in there and beat someone like Kyle Noak, that's really a big statement. Yeah. Um, and he was throwing Saturday bombs, night was man. a big statement because yeah. he went in there and was hitting heavy. And like I said earlier, I was going to bring up reaction time. Donald Cerrone's reaction time was just not there. Yeah. Uh, anytime these punches just barely missed him, 
you could see him try to like move but it was way late like the punch already missed it was already gone it already happened and that's when he reacted to it and it's like whoa man yeah you are moving real slow and i think whenever we were watching the fights you said it best was when you said it's pretty it's like this is what you expect when you see an older fighter versus a, a younger fighter yeah you know you see the younger fighter is looking sharp he's looking good Morano would just, I mean, he's a just much higher there. energy yeah. uh, output. And then you have Donald Cerrone trying to capitalize on these counters, and it's just not happening. He fights very straight. You're, you're you know? so slow and stiff looking. Yeah, Alex Morano. Sorry, go ahead. No, sorry. Uh, but Alex Morano, yeah, he just he was able to go in there and just, he was throwing overhand rights and just doing mm-hmm. punches like that and just landing them every single time. And Cerrone's just not really doing much with it. He just is just taking it. And it's like, man, dude, like. Like, um, you got to do something. You can't just, you know, walk forward into this guy every single time. Yeah. He's landing these punches every single time. And he wasn't time. holding his hands up either. Yeah. His stance was very traditional Muay Thai, uh, but he didn't, have, he didn't have his hands up high. So when you stand tall like that and you don't have your hands up high, you're just leaving your chin out there to be hit. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Morona said that it's not... The overhand right wasn't a punch he practiced. It's just a punch he said he felt yeah. like it was working. Yeah. And it definitely did. He landed a few times. And then the one that he landed to start the sequence that finished Cowboy was an overhand right. And then another overhand right up against the cage. And he was just putting some hurt on him. And then Cowboy kind of finds some separation mm-hmm. and then backs himself into a cage and kind of turtles up again yeah. before Morono even gets to him. So it's like, dang that's over and then the ref stopped it yeah it was just it was a good i'm excited to see what's next for alex morano after that fight i think he did a lot of great things and it's a big deal to beat cowboy oh look at the guys who have beat uh cerrone and what they go on to do after they beat him you know even recently i mean especially at welterweight one of the couple guys that beat him at welterweight were um there until Jorge Masvidal, you know these big names that eventually just Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor, and look at look what they're doing. You know they're do it helps boost their stock and show that they're and all these guys finished Donald Cerrone as yeah. well. They finished him. Uh, so I this think, is this is uh, Cowboy's sixth straight fight without a win. Yeah, because uh, he's technically uh, 0 five and one because of the no contest, yeah. which would have been a draw with uh, Nico Price. But, yeah, it was just, um, I mean, I'm excited to see what's next for Alex Morano. I don't know what's next for Don Cerrone. I think a uh, he really needs to start reflecting on what's next. He doesn't want to retire. He yeah. said it. And he said he doesn't want to retire. He doesn't feel like he needs to retire, but his performances say otherwise. Yeah. So I think he understands that with what he's doing in the cage, mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff that people do when they need to retire. Yeah. But if he's not feeling like he needs to retire... Maybe he's wrong, but you give it one more shot. Yeah, I I th- one more fight would be good. I think just one more. You know, give him a give him a a, a good mega fight. Uh, you know, nothing yeah. too big, but something that words. Give like him a rematch with Nate Diaz. Yeah, make it fun. Stop you know? this uh, Nate Diaz trying to get a title <laughs> shot nonsense. Yeah, get him to fight. Give him a fight, Cowboy. Get that rematch going. That'd be fun. That would be a lot of fun, honestly. And that'd be, be huge for both of them. Yeah, they both get a great but, payday. But they they don't, both... we don't get that. We don't get that as fans. No, we're not, we, we, we get fights that make no sense. Is what we're getting. Yeah. And so, we had uh, Nate Diaz versus Leon Edwards. <laughs> if Nate Diaz doesn't go in there and just get annihilated by Leon Edwards, I'm going to be upset. It, I'm I'm just uh, my thing is like what if Nate Diaz beats Leon Edwards? Then he's going to end up getting a title shot, which he didn't work for. Yeah, it's going like to mess up. It's going to mess up the whole shot. picture. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just going to mess that all up. And I'm like, God, man, I wanted to see Stephen Thompson fight. But Kamaru's at the same so time, bad. that's just typical Diaz fashion. Yeah, that's what they do. No give a fuck. Look at Nick. Look at Nick right now. He's coming They're in here out of nowhere, going, "Yeah, I'll, I'll fight uh, Kamayev." Yeah, sure. But it's like, excuse me. Yeah. At what weight? 
And what are you talking about? Do you even know who he is? Yeah. And so it's just there's a, just a big mix of going on right now and all that. But So for the main event, we had Mahina Rodriguez's decision win over Michelle Watterson. And it was a it was a good fight for Rodriguez if you if you were a fan of her. I, I like her. You know, I think yeah. she has heavy hands for her division. So she fights at 115. This fight actually took place at 125 since it was a short notice fight for both these fighters. So they were kind of able to get that down. But rodriguez just was the aggressor she was a step ahead she was able to do a bunch of different things that michelle watterson wasn't able to do michelle watterson did get a takedown in the fourth round but yeah. didn't really capitalize on it too much i i think what so what i had said for the last the last time when we talked about this five mm-hmm. minute predictions i said that michelle watterson is gonna she knows how to use her leg she knows how to create the distance yeah. and use it and i think she did that yeah but anytime an exchange happened where she had to use punches she didn't land and marina did marina landed a lot of heavy hits and that generated a lot of the control, the octagon control for her. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I think that's the reason she won, is that um, your one and your one and two kicks mm-hmm. don't match up to these three or four punch combinations that consistently land. Yeah. Um, I think the best moment in that fight with for Michelle Watterson was the kick, the head kick she landed. Yeah. That swelled up the she, side of Marina's she face. She also, like, right after that head kick uh, in the fifth round, she landed a really good body kick that had oh, her yeah, that yeah. head. Oh, yeah, It was loud. Yeah, it was loud and it had her wilting, but the thing is, is Michelle Watterson wasn't looking and didn't see her wilting, so when she turned around, Marina just put on a poker yeah, face. Yeah, it was that typical karate spinning yeah. back kick where you just completely just put your back to them. Yeah. So, of course, she didn't see just it. throw it to the wind, and it's like, man, like, you probably could have stopped that, got the fight stopped yeah. right there. You could have capitalized on that and made it happen. And instead, you lost. And so, yeah, it was just, uh, I like Michelle Larson a lot. I think she's Who a doesn't? fun fighter. But, yeah. I mean, uh, good for Mahina. It's definitely going to boost her stock. I think she's definitely been making a lot of noise at 115. I mean, she already she has. She wants to fight uh, Jacek next. I would she love already, to see she that fight. They called her out. That's a great fight. Yeah, I think that'd two, be two big and long fighters who like to sit in there and strike. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, of course that's really fun. Yeah, I think that'd be a really really great fight. I mean, I mean that's probably one of my favorite divisions. Is those I say that every time we talk about the uh, the strawweight division, but it's just fun, dude. Yeah. They, they, and uh, Mahina hits so hard for being 115 pounds. And I mean, I think, I think her moving up makes that division really exciting because yeah. now you have a new champion yeah uh so her path to the champion is gonna have to be through jaycheck and it's gonna have to be through Li Zhang. yeah uh if, if they don't do any kind of rematches anytime soon she's got a tough road ahead of her but she's looking pretty game she yeah. can go five rounds she showed that uh so and she was able to keep the same pace so i mean yeah. it was definitely good so Oh, man. So, for outside uh, MMA, we did want to discuss uh, Canelo yeah. Alvarez. Got a eighth round. What a yeah. vicious uppercut knockout that was. Yeah, he got an eighth round TKO well, against Billy Joe Saunders. Excuse me. And I should clarify, it wasn't a knockout. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders stopped the fight. Him and his corner decided he couldn't continue. Yeah. Rightfully so. Uh, mm-hmm. But in between rounds eight and nine, uh, he went to the stool. And I could... I can't remember if Canelo went to his stool, but he was celebrating basically from the end of that round yep. to the end of the fight. Uh, they hadn't even called it yet, but he was walking around the, uh, the around the ring with his hands up. Yeah, because he knew that he wasn't getting off the stool. I mean, his eye was swelled shut immediately. So uh, Billy Joe Saunders had some great moments in that fight, but nothing that was going to be Canelo. Yeah. Canelo was ready to go all 12 and keep winning. I think he only really won like one round, which I think was a sixth round. And so it was... 
it's just another phenomenal performance by Canelo Alvarez like he always does. He always puts on these good fights and hopefully we'll see uh, Billy Joe Saunders back pretty soon. It was uh, definitely, I mean, when you fra- when you break an orbital, I mean, you didn't just fracture, you broke it. Yeah, dude. it his was, face is ruined. Yeah, I mean, it was just like his eyes swelled shut immediately and it's like, damn, that sucks. But, I mean, it's you always got to wonder what's next for Canelo Alvarez. I mean, he's already taken over all these weight classes. In yeah. I think next That's up like next a fifth belt or something. Yeah, next would be crazy. next would be cruiserweight, which he has to put on twenty five pounds for. And I don't I don't think he should do that. I think no. he's I I think he's too small for that. Yeah, that's pushing it. Um, and so he actually wants to fight uh, Caleb Plant next, which I mean Caleb Plant is the uh, current. Um, he is actually the undisputed super middleweight champion. So that would be a good fight to finally cement Canelo Alvarez as the best middleweight, all that. Yeah. In the world, I personally feel like he is the best boxer in the world right now. That's just my yeah. personal opinion. While, while Floyd Mayweather is out, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And so, with, um, with, if Floyd Mayweather were to come back for a rematch with him, mm-hmm. I don't think he wins that rematch. No, I don't think so either. Um, I think Canelo wins it, mm-hmm. and Canelo actually said that uh, he re- after. I think it was after that win. Mm-hmm. Could have been the day before. But um, he said that if he and Mayweather would have fought, or if he, yeah, if he and Mayweather would have fought both in their primes, mm. that uh, he would have, he still would have won, uh, which I find confusing because yep. you're in your prime and you lost to an out of prime Mayweather. Mm. How would you have beat him if he was in his prime? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, uh, I think we're seeing Canelo in his prime right now. We are, but he was in his prime when he fought Mayweather. Yeah, I think he was entering he was in his the prime. Be- yes, yes. Yeah, he's entering his prime, but I think now, like the with the Canelo that, we're seeing well, now. Well, do you think the Canelo we're seeing now would have been the Canelo we see now without that loss to Mayweather? I don't think so. Probably I think, not. I yeah. think that loss is what made this Canelo. Yeah. Um. So I don't think he would have beat Mayweather in Mayweather's prime. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is definitely just. Um, I think that loss definitely because of a lot of these losses either make or break guys, and that one loss right there already just like you mean he won he's won every he's fifty eight and one now yeah so um, I think him and Demetrius Andrade Andrade sorry I'm still used to saying Andrade but yeah, he's yeah, yeah him and Demetrius Andrade got into it at the weigh-ins and he just starts telling him he's like man get the fuck out of here he's like that's the easiest fight in this division like I'm not gonna fight that guy. And then after that, like, um, Demetrius Andrade's dad starts talking crap to, um, so, uh, you know, Canelo. And Canelo's like, just go, man. Get out of here. Like, this is, so I'm trying to, so you, and I think he told me, he's like, you know, this is my spotlight. So I'm trying to take my spotlight. So I'm trying to get famous. Yeah. And, that, and that's all they're doing is yeah. trying to take some spotlight, trying to take some uh, attention because it's one of those things where when you fight Canelo, it, it's like with McGregor. Yeah. Uh, when you fight Canelo, your name is getting highlighted. Like, Billy Joe Saunders is a fantastic boxer. Um, he, I would say he even looked good against Canelo. Did yeah, he look he like he was winning? I don't think so. Apparently, a lot of people did think so, but um, because there was some controversy with the judges' scorecards, yeah, uh, they had him winning two rounds, and everybody was like, "Oh no, I think he won more than that." Uh, does it matter? No, because the fight was finished. But right. um, phenomenal boxer, just. Canelo looks so much better than him. Yeah, no, it's just, and that's what he does to these guys. He just makes them look yeah. not as good as so, they really are. But now we all know who Billy Joe Saunders is. Yeah. Uh, now we all know who Demetrius Landrade is. Uh, not that there, I, there are plenty of people who do know who they yeah. are. But now everyone knows who they are yeah, because he fought Canelo. And Billy Joe Saunders, that was, that was his first loss also. So, yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes. So he'll, he'll come back, and now he probably has a bigger uh at at the very least he has more eyes on him you yeah. know people know who he is for sure now um 
So him coming back is probably a guarantee. People will be excited for it. And people will know who to look for now. Yeah. So that's Billy Joe Saunders. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just going to be all that. Then uh, we saw Floyd Mayweather recently in the highlights and in the headlines. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so what's interesting is Floyd Mayweather is, uh, they are doing their best to get him set to fight Logan Paul. Yeah. And then Jake Paul comes up. I think he's streaming live on some social media platform. And he's like talking about, uh, I'm here uh, doing whatever. Uh, Floyd Mayweather's over there. I'm going to go in there and take his hat. And he goes over there, and they get into each other's faces. Um, huge crowd around them. You got uh, you got Paul's guys, you got Mayweather's guys, and they're just getting in each other's faces, talking all this crap. Uh, and then Jake Paul yanks his hat away and runs off. But Mayweather catches up to him. Yeah, <laughs> they trade some blows. Yeah, I think it was more um, Mayweather landing some blows. Yeah, I think, yeah, or I think it was his team. I think Mayweather is smart enough to oh, know because yeah. that dude's always in legal troubles because he doesn't like to pay his taxes, but. Um, but well, he yeah. can't read them. So, yeah, you know. he, I mean, he can read numbers. He makes a lot of them. Yeah. Well, he makes so many, he doesn't have to read. He has them dyslexia, and not not discount Coolio. I mean, he's. Uh, but so I think uh, what's that? Jake Paul was like, I guess he had planned it out, but I think he realized really quick that there's certain guys you just can't play around yeah. like that with, like because a lot of these MMA fighters who are talking crap to him on the internet aren't really do anything about it, and it's yeah, like, and they're not going to, yeah, because the, and they're all telling him like, oh, come fight me in the cage, like. No, we need to we need to put it in, and into it in the boxing world. Yeah, because that's where you're going to stop this. And he's milking that fight against uh, Mayweather. It's obvious, but uh, yeah. So I think what's his name? Um, Jake Paul was trying to laugh about it when he had a cracked tooth and a black eye. Yeah. So he definitely got what was coming to him. But so what? I I just don't understand why is he trying to take this fight from his brother, or is he trying to hype it up like between like oh now there's this rivalry. Uh, now he gets to be in Logan's corner. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I don't understand what's going on. Logan's a better boxer. Yeah. Logan's a more serious boxer. Do I think he's a great boxer? Absolutely not. Yeah. But I think Jake Paul is a joke, and Logan Paul is trying not to be a joke. Yeah. Good for him. Let him have this. Why is he fighting Mayweather? I don't freaking know. Uh, it's another circus show yeah. with Triller. But... I don't even know how it came about. That's the thing. And and they had to reschedule it like twice now because no one wanted to watch it. Yeah, and people it still showed want to watch people it. showed zero interest in it, so they were like, mm, "Let's push it back." Which there was always a rumor that, um, as I fucking hate giving into this shit, but uh, there was always a rumor <laughs> yeah, that we, apparently they were trying to set up uh, what they were secretly trying to set up was Jake Paul versus Floyd Mayweather, and so. But why? I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't understand this. Jake Paul's Did you gonna... know, I think it was Jake Paul. I don't remember. I, I, I really lose track on who's who with them. They're, they're twins as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, one of them pulled up to Soldier Boy's house and tried to fight him. And then Soldier Boy and his guys came out of the house with guns, and they're yeah. like, "Oh no, let's leave." Yeah, what did he expect? <laughs> That's what. When I was talking, I was I was talking to my barber about this the other day. Like we were just sitting there bullshitting, and um, as you do, yeah, you know, just having uh, just talking about this, and we talked about. Uh, he asked me, he's like, "What do you think would uh, Floyd Mayweather would, Mayweather would do to to Jake Paul?" And I was like, he would fucking kill. I was like, I was like, okay. I was like, considering what happened, I was like, and he, he was like, yeah. I mean, I think he kind of punked him. I was like, he did punk him, and that's the reason why he got he got beat up. Well, well, let me ask you this: though. Do you think Floyd Mayweather knocks out Jake Paul? Hundred percent. I don't know if he knocks him out. I think he does. I, I think he still has that power. If he just knows how to not use it. Well, he's all. got the speed. Yeah. He he's had the power, but he hasn't shown the power in a very long time. Yeah, he just fought smarter, uh, smarter. But he's got the speed for yeah. sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm certain of it. Um, I think he needs to shave his head. Oh yeah, he's looking old now. Yeah, uh, 
the beard too he looks old uh and i think that's all it is just the hair <laughs> i'm used to seeing him very clean cut yeah um, um but yeah no i think just with that it's just dumb and he he was like and i told him i was like man honestly i think what it comes down to is just um i mean Floyd weather had mayweather has a lot of money so uh i think jake paul realized really quick you can't fuck around with these guys like if, if Floyd mayweather wants to he could easily put the well you'll never it, see him do something like that he'll never do something uh, stupid canelo yeah you'll never see him do something like that to no, canelo no or pacquiao you'll see him do it to mayweather because mayweather runs his mouth and does kind of circus show antics yeah he already went and fought mcgregor so he's shown that he's willing yeah. to do it he fought uh, that guy in um japan yeah, also, um, so. um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. The young kickboxer dude. Yeah, which he's great. Yeah, uh, he's not a boxer, but not it just a boxer. happens, you know. So, uh, but yeah, I think uh, I even said I was like, no, someone like Floyd Mayweather could easily just put the check on his head, and yeah. that's it. I was like, and I think he found that out really, really quick. So yeah, I mean, just just some more dumb shit going on in the in that whole thing, you know. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and cut it here. Uh. I don't want to talk about this trailer stuff anymore, <laughs> yeah, anything yeah. involving it. Uh, but yeah, so a lot of wild stuff. Like we talked about, you have the Verdum controversy with PFL. You have the uh, light heavyweight tournament going on in Bellator. And you have UFC rankings kind of shifting a little bit with Phil Halls moving up, Gregor Gillespie moving up, uh, Neil Magny still proving his dominance. Uh, you have Alex Morono beating Cowboy in short short notice. Yeah, and then uh, Marina Rodriguez coming in. So it's it's really exciting stuff to look forward to. Uh, we will catch you guys next time.